This is an AMI podcast. Hey, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Wednesday. It's the 1st of November 2023. Coming up news about Xbox, Celeste glasses, and a brand new talking air fryer. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, nice to have you back on the show. You decided to turn up today, did you? Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that, let's turn that round. That was recorded without me, without my knowledge. How dare you, sir? You were over the moon when I told you we had recorded the show in the morning. You said, it's the best news ever. I don't want to talk about stupid IMAX. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Um, weren't they fantastic? And Janine as well. We had Mickey, we had Damasi, and of course Janine, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, what an amazing team of people to basically save me from myself on that recording. <laughs> um, honestly, I just sat there and said... But the, but the, the MacBook Pro is now available in space black, and I just want it. And that's the thing. That's all I'm reading. It's like all the reviews are saying, well, you know, if you're going to make the upgrade, the space black's a good reason. <laughs> it's like, I, really, I is, that the, is that the one, is that the whole purpose of that event was just to basically paint a MacBook? Well, it seems to be. I mean, the main reason people want to upgrade, the actual processor bump, yeah. I liked how they did keep comparing it to the M1 rather than the M2. Mm, yes. Well, I, I think there's good reason for that. And you know, we talked about this, but I think that they are really pushing this to the market who are on the Intel. I saw someone commenting uh, yesterday on this that perhaps this might be the last macOS operating system, which is currently Sonoma. This may be the last one that will support Intel Macs. Oh, that's a really interesting point. And I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever. Apple are so well-known. It's just saying, well, that's it. I'm pulling the plug. Um, yeah, they've got, it, they've got it right. I mean, the M-series, you know, it's not like they're still having trouble and it's like, ooh, we better hang on to the Intels. You know, it's, it's like they, yeah, they could with, move on now. Yeah, but with that said, what what was the last... I mean, Intels were still being sold until fairly recently. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. if you did buy one and they suddenly pulled the rug, it would be slightly uh, slightly annoying, to say the least. Yeah, it kind of feels awkward, doesn't it? It's a difficult one. How do you how do you square that circle, right? If you've been selling them and then all of a sudden you're kind of telling people, okay, that's great. But, but then, I don't know, is that not just how these tech companies actually work? Let's be totally honest about well, it. I'm yeah. not too surprised by that, if I'm honest. Um, no, it wouldn't surprise me. I would. My heart would go out to anyone who just, you know, maybe just blindly went in and bought an Intel yeah. without really knowing. And, um, yeah, that would be a tough buy. Hey-ho, it'll probably happen. Listen, we've lots to talk about today, though. Away from the Apple news, uh, big news from uh, Cobalt Systems in the UK. They are a company that have made many different kitchen gadgets and household gadgets over the years. You might remember my demo of their uh, Cobalt talking tape measure recently, um, which I was in love with because I could then measure, you know, uh, um, ridiculous no, amounts uh, of rooms um, and walls and stuff yeah. and things. It was great. <laughs> and I could do it myself. <laughs> didn't need someone around or didn't have to use an app to take a picture of the result and then scan it. And uh, just, you know, give me the answer. Just tell me how long this table is. Tell me how <sighs> deep this table is. You know, whatever it is. 
Independence, so, yeah. Stephen Scott. What price independence, sir? I can walk what around price? Ikea and I can measure stuff and say, hmm, and stand, you know, and do that thing where you stroke your chin and think, hmm, will that mm, fit? Or, mm. Like a real man. Oh, exactly. well done, you. I feel like a real man <laughs> for the first time in my life. Thank you, Cobalt. Well, anyway, they have uh, also been known for, perhaps more known for their talking microwaves over the years. Door open is a common refrain in my house and uh, in many homes. If you, you know you're in a blind house when you hear, door open. You just know. As soon as you hear that, you know, ah, there's blind people nearby. Uh, I see blind people. <laughs> but uh, they've come up with a brand new product. Yes, breaking news breaking here. New. Breaking news. On Double news. Tap. Yes, they are bringing out a brand new talking air fryer. Oh, plop. Uh, I'm, I'm so pleased. Air fryers are... Well, I'm going to say it, they changed my life. Air fryers changed my life, sir. Amazing. Yeah, because you could cook it long last, right? It was no uh, longer exactly. just chucking stuff in the oven, 200 for 25 minutes, which well, is basically the official policy of any frozen food. Four minutes in the microwave for anything. For absolutely. Anything. Doesn't matter what yeah. it is. Yeah. That, <laughs> it's true. Mind you, I say that, 20 minutes in the air fryer for everything as well. But um, yeah, that, true, the, yeah. the air fryer is so... It's just so easy and safe to use. I hate using my hob. It is so blind, unfriendly. It's <gasps> unreal. Ableist. Um, yes. Oh, well, I, okay. I, I, I still don't understand what ableist means. But, uh, yeah, okay. And oh, well, uh, we'll, get, we'll get to that later in the week, I promise you. I, it has been <laughs> thrown might. around this week. I, I tell you, if you've been following my socials this week, you'll be like, what on earth is going on? Um, yeah, I, I am... Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not even getting into let's, it today. Let's leave not doing that it today. For, for another discussion. Let's wait till but, we've got less breaking news going on around us. Seriously, the air fryer, it's its really good for us. Yeah. As visually well, impaired people, it's fantastic. Carl Tillis is going to join us a bit later from Cobalt Systems to talk all about this brand new product, which is on pre-order and available in the UK later or early next year. And interestingly... It doesn't seem to be available yet outside of the UK. I have a hunch by the end of the show, the company may get some emails, and I would encourage that. I would encourage you to get in touch with the company and show them that there's interest. If this is something you'd like in your country, if you're in Canada, the US, this is something you think you would want, or perhaps there's an alternative that you're using. You know, there's maybe a mainstream option. Because, look, I think there's two sides to this. A lot of people might mm. want the air fryer, but they may not want the hassle of having to use it with Lady A or an app or have that fear of the app suddenly just, you know, that's it. It's been updated, the accessibility's gone, and you're back to square one. And suddenly that device that was brilliant yesterday and changed your life yesterday is now just basically a, a large do-nothing on your <laughs> desktop, you know? Well, like with so many kitchen appliances, it's so difficult to find an accessible one that we can use easily. Yeah. We've always got to find those workarounds, you know, bump-ons here and there or uh, uh, remembering the uh, number of beeps that something does. And it makes such a difference when we can actually use it independently and know what's going on. And uh, the smart option, which is the only sort of route we've had for accessibility at the moment, is it Kasari, I think? the maker Kaso of Kasari or Kasari. Yeah, I'm not sure how you pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not sure how you say it. But here in the UK, not controllable by your smart speaker. Oh, really? So, yeah, so they you can don't still allow buy it. them, but it doesn't work with the smart speaker? Nope, oh. doesn't. So, uh, yeah, this really is your... As far as I'm aware, the only real accessible option. Unless, like me, you've got one which has just got old-fashioned dials on. Well, that is that is the... I mean, sometimes cheap is best in this occasion because, oh, you know, it takes all the you, smarts sir. away. No, but it does. It takes all the smarts well, away, right? It's it was two cheap. knobs. It could, no, it could, have been no it could have been an expensive pair of knobs. Bet it wasn't. Uh, I actually don't know. I didn't buy it. 
but uh, it wasn't. It wasn't. QVC. I guarantee it's not because as soon as, <laughs> as soon as you buy something <laughs> that is like that, you just know it's going to be cheaper, and that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. If it works, who cares? All right. Okay. You've air fryer shamed me. How dare I have. you? I apologise. Uh, okay, I want to talk about Xbox today because uh, we're joining uh, Carl Tillett a bit later to talk about the air fryer, but I want to talk about Xbox. Now, we don't normally get into this area on the show because it's not an area that I know a heck of a lot about, but I have been following this story with interest. So earlier in the week, I saw a, a post from Microsoft saying that they were uh, going to basically to no longer allow unauthorised third-party accessories to be used with its Xbox consoles. Now, when I read this, I thought, okay, whatever. Um, but it, uh, then following the tweet there, the amount of messages from disabled gamers saying, hang on a minute, wait, 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 hang on. This is going to significantly impact us as disabled players, people who use different accessories in order to play games. Now, we, we've talked on the show and we've talked on Access Tech Live just recently about this, the importance of different types of controllers that can enable the game to be played by anyone, irrespective of their disability. And yes. those would be classed as third party. So by blocking those out, that would be a problem. Uh, so players started reporting a warning message coming up on Xbox when plugging in unauthorized accessories, notifying them that their accessories would be blocked. Um, Xbox advised returning the accessory and instead referring to its list of authorized products on its website. Uh, and that list wow. didn't seem to be a very long list. So that was a problem. Um, they, this is apparently paving the way for Microsoft, and this is what they believe to be happening, that this will pave the way for Microsoft to expand its own program for approved third-party wireless Xbox controllers. Uh, most Xbox third-party controllers are currently wired. So perhaps the idea here is, okay, let's just stop all the unauthorized and we'll authorize one by one so we don't end up with any Why? unauthorized controllers running our system. I, I don't know. I don't get the connection no, no, at all. The only relevance there is that it's the same as the um, you know the MFI certification for made for iPhone. That's right. Is that the manufacturer has to pay Apple a fee to have their device or whatever it may go. be certified. <laughs> so if they're going down that route, then it's it's a money grab. As uh, simple as that. Unless there's some sort of security. If they said, you know what, this is ba an Xbox is basically running Windows, right? If they yeah. said there's some sort of security thing here, maybe in-game cheating, pushing, injecting code into games or whatever, that would be, okay, debatable, but another reason. But simply to push their own authorised, yeah, I'm not keen on that at all. So I've been following this story on Windows Central, who have been doing a fantastic job of reporting this story, but also... Uh, following up on this story. So um, Windows Central approached Microsoft for clarification around this new policy, in particular for disabled people. And Microsoft have come back as of, when are we? Today's the first, so just, uh, it must have been earlier today, actually, this announcement came in, maybe earlier this morning. Uh, Microsoft clarified that users who connect USB devices through the Xbox adaptive controller for accessibility purposes will not be impacted by the new restrictions. So that means if you use the Xbox adaptive controller and you're connecting devices via the 3.5 millimeter ports or via the USB sockets on the Xbox adaptive controller, they would no longer be impacted by these restrictions. This is to ensure that third-party devices designed for accessibility will remain viable. 
So really important to understand this. Now, people who use this technology will know exactly what I'm talking about. But essentially, you have the Xbox Adaptive Controller, which, of course, in and of itself, developed with with Microsoft as a Microsoft product. So there's no issue using it. But the, the challenge was connecting other devices to the Adaptive Controller. And there was concern that that would be blocked Um, because, of course, we're talking here about wired devices being connected that would no longer be supported if they were third-party. So the bottom line is anything you would, in theory, connect to the 3.5mm port or the USB socket on the XAC, that's the the Xbox Adaptive Controller, would be restricted. But Microsoft clarifying today that is not the case, so gamers who are disabled should not be impacted by this decision and it it seems as if if i'm perfectly honest and and certainly i'm following other people's guidance on this who are in this community who know this story better than i do that it seems as if microsoft someone in microsoft has put out this announcement and hasn't in any way engaged with xbox accessibility at all and it's unusual left hand did not know what the right hand was was doing and had there been more of a collaborative approach in that announcement this would have been made clearer because this did panic a lot of disabled gamers who rely on this. This is, in some cases, their lives. Hang and on. If you if you cut disabled people off of that, then, well, it would be a disgrace. But that's not the case. That's not happening now, as far as this sorry. XAC is concerned. I just want as to clarify this so people understand. There is a, a way around it with the, yes. But, okay, as you just stated, really, I, I'm not in this world when it comes to what accessible... Uh, controllers and, and extra peripherals that disabled may, people may use to play games. But isn't this just a case that Microsoft have now just put a tax on accessibility? Because um, you need to buy the adaptive controller. Is there a case where people were connecting directly to the Xbox and didn't need the adaptive controller to use whatever device they wanted to use before? And if you can get around this by using an adaptive controller, then what possible justification is there for barring unauthorized uh, peripherals in the first place? Because, hey, buy an adaptive controller and it doesn't matter. You can plug in anything. Well, the answer to this, I, I don't know, is, is the honest answer to that. Um, I would have imagined, just by what I've been reading, it seems to me as if a lot of the controllers that disabled people are using are connected through that Xbox adaptive controller. Right? Well, that's so it's fine. Like, okay. In which case, that's fine. If, however, like you say, there's a product that someone's using that didn't require it, then that could be an issue. That may well be the case. And I'll be interested to hear from people on this. And we will, of course, follow this story with interest. But as far as Microsoft are concerned... Anything connected to the Xbox adaptive controllers, USB and 3.5mm ports are fine. That includes both the uh, licensed designed for Xbox devices, which are listed on the Accessories Hub page on the Xbox website, as well as those currently connected with the uh, Xbox adaptive controller. If you do not receive an error code when you plug in your device, then your accessory is not impacted. And, of course, they suggest if you have any questions, contact them on the disability answer desk well worth knowing that that you can of course get in touch with microsoft directly through the disability answer desk and of course through be my eyes as well um, which is great through specialized support microsoft have reaffirmed however that devices that connect directly to the xbox via usb which is what you're picking up on that are unlicensed and do not have authorization from xbox will stop functioning after two weeks the grace period is to allow users to return 
and replace those devices. So we shall watch this story with interest. How are you going to return them? What company is going to say, oh, yeah, OK, we'll take that back? No one else wants them, so we'll take them. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. That's, OK, <laughs> thank you. Um, I want to talk about Celeste glasses as well, because honestly, so much news today. Um, so uh, Shub Mittel, who we know because we've had him on the show, uh, he's the CEO over there at Celeste, a wonderful Canadian company. Uh, he has uh, issued a new update to uh, people who are subscribed to his newsletter with uh, a lot of details about the, the state of play when it comes to Celeste glasses. So in particular with delivery, uh, they say that as of now, they have delivered over half of their pre-orders um, because, of course, by the time we had spoken to Shub, it was just getting into that pre-order time. He says right now we're getting a lot of feedback from people and it's proving and helping to improve the product, mainly focusing on reliability and usability. He says we're getting more glasses and we'll start shipping out mid-late November. We expect that everyone on iOS will get their glasses by early December, if you've pre-ordered, obviously. Uh, if you haven't pre-ordered, you're going to probably have to wait till next year. He also says if you have an Android phone, do get in touch because they do have an Android version of the app now. Um, but are mainly oh. focusing on iOS right now, so there may need to be some special considerations. So that's clearly a development beta area, but well worth knowing about. Um, also, they are saying that they're expecting to start shipping the next version of the glasses in late spring. Everyone on the current subscription will get upgraded to that when it becomes available. Um, and then it goes on to talk about the product update itself. So... Um, Big update is that the glasses will now stay connected to your phone all day completely in the background. Uh, that means that you can have your phone in your pocket or even be watching YouTube and still be able to use the glasses with the buttons. Um, he says, we've also made the glasses easier to set up and connect to Wi-Fi. However, this will be a, con a continual process and we'll continue working on improving this. Just important to say at this point as well for people who are coming late to this story, Celeste glasses are the... Glasses that are Wi-Fi glasses, essentially. You get audio, you get microphone in there so you can make calls, and you can also see uh, via the camera so the phone can can actually use the camera as well. But it seems a little bit limited in some degree at the moment. This is the big update, though, and this is coming in in the next couple of weeks. And this is something I think we're going to hear more about because we're due to hear from OpenAI, who are about to have a big conference. I think we're going to hear a lot more about this in the next week or two, but uh, OpenAI is expected to release their image model to all businesses on November 6th. And according to uh, Celeste, if this happens, they will integrate it within two days. And then Celeste will have the same AI as Be My AI, but hands-free through the glasses. It's quite a claim. And it is. I'll Two be days to is see. quite a claim as well. That's yeah, confidence. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, secondly, they're expecting to release vo video calling entirely through the app, the Celeste app, within the next two weeks as well. They're working on a couple of other features as well. Uh, it says everyone at Celeste is excited about what is to come. Um, so interesting update. I think a lot of people are going to be interested in this open AI update as well. Uh, so does that, I mean... Uh, if that's true, if they're opening up to all businesses, does that mean that the capability that Be My AI has and had initially is going to be available across a wide range of different devices? Because that could get interesting very quickly. It would seem to, yeah, seem to be. Um, 
I'm not entirely sure what that means, opening it up to businesses, because we already have that capability in Bing Chat, for example, Copilot. In, I know Microsoft are a big investor in OpenAI, so they have preferential and they host a lot of the um, computing power needed to run the service anyway. So you'd expect them to have preferential treatment on this. Um, but there are still other apps out there that, that do a similar thing. So, yeah, I'm really interested in how Celeste... Um, bring this in i tell you what though i would be far more interested well not far more but i would also be interested in the voice chat feature which is absolutely amazing by the way oh. and blows away any other voice assistant currently on the market it is fantastic the only thing is is the september 2021 um capacity the 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 ceiling on it if you will for its knowledge but mm. The way you talk to it, the way it talks back to you, the understanding, the context, the conversation thread that keeps going and going is amazing. Having that in those glasses as well, wow, absolutely amazing. But this is cool. But yeah. I, I will say this as well, because I've had a couple of emails regarding people who've got these glasses as well. This is very early stages. This is almost testing these glasses as well, because there's so much excitement about the Celeste glasses. Um but it does seem that they're still working out things as they go, like the video calling function, for example, that's coming up. Um, so I, I just want to be a slightly, a slightly cautious word out there that if you're expecting to to buy these and to be up and running, as in you know doing all the functions and features, and it's nailed down, it doesn't seem to be the case. This is very much evolving and very quickly. Yeah, very interesting times uh, with all of this stuff. So, uh, yeah, again, like like you say, I think it's going to take time to see how this develops and what it means in practice. But I'm with you. I, uh, as you know, I've been on this medication to help me lose weight. And it's been very interesting because I've, I keep wanting to query more about this particular medication and how it works. So I opened up the chat GPT app, went into the voice mode, and I was just talking to it about the medication i'm saying okay so what if i eat this and what if i eat that i mean basically what i would sit and down and do if i had a doctor in front of me i'd be saying yeah tell me all this stuff and the amount of detail the way it was able to talk to me and it, it wouldn't just give me the answers i'd get online you know the answers if i searched for this wouldn't really give me the search i'm looking for it wouldn't give me the answer it would tell me it would talk me around or it would just give me hard facts and i kind of want you want that contextual answer, right? I'm yes. looking for specifics yeah. about something like really simple, like, okay, so if I put, basically, if I put one sugar in my coffee a day and I have three coffees in a day, is that okay? Is that all right? You know, on this medication? And it was able to give me an exact answer to that, which yeah. I thought was really, really useful. The answer is it's fine. Um, but it was good to get that because if I had asked the internet that question, it wouldn't have known. It would have just kind of given me, well, you know, the official guidance is this, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't have tied it into the specific thing I was looking for. It's that context aware, which yes. is really interesting. And I have to say, I won't spoil it for you, but if you do get a chance to play with this, ask it the perennial question, which is, which came first, the chicken or the egg? The answer may surprise you. You've always got to try and break technology, haven't you? You just can't be happy. You've got to try and I didn't I don't break know, it. Bring it, bring oh, it crashing I, I, I'm, down. I'm telling you, it gave me an answer, 
And I was satisfied with this answer. I now know the answer to that question. Wow. I feel like I'm the king of the world. <laughs> oh, no, I've stopped my subscription now. I'll have to go uh, back. I have to go back and get it. Uh, pay, pay $20 a month to find out the answer to that. I think that's a great use of money. It's, I tell you, though, I do miss it. It was, it was that good. It was oh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it is incredible. And it's the voice. The voice is note. lovely as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely amazing. On that note, can I just say as well, because I've had a few emails and I've seen it posted quite a lot on social media, that um, people are asking about the back, I believe it's called back-to-back feature in iOS 17 about uh, for Siri, okay, which is very similar to the follow-up mode on your uh, Lady A smart speaker. The trouble is, so you can say, hey, S, you know, text so-and-so, absolutely fine. But if you make any noise or sometimes even just voiceover talking, we'll interrupt it. And it's waiting. It thinks it's another command. So that's what the back-to-back uh, feature does. Also, oh, they've stolen, just... stolen the feature from Google's uh, Android then, haven't they? Is that what they've done? Oh, is, uh, is, it, is it on there as well? No, oh, no, yes. the, the, the interruption feature. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, vo- oh, yes. Talking all the, which I think they actually fixed recently. So Google <laughs> fixed it and Apple brought it in. Well done. And there's no way to toggle the back-to-back feature on or off, which is what people are asking for. Except I have found a little bit of a workaround. It's not great, but it works. If you turn it's just going to involve on... a cardboard box or something. I, I feel <laughs> this is like, you know, put it in the fridge or something. No, no, no. If you turn on the type to Siri feature, which is in, uh, oh, wow, settings, accessibility, voiceover, Siri, yeah. rotor. It's in the rotor. Funnily enough, it's in, oh. is it in rotor or is it Siri? Uh, uh, no, it's in Siri. I think, yeah, yeah. I'm getting you're mixed up with the right. Mac. No, I think you're right, because I think it's in the Mac settings under under Siri and, and accessibility. Okay. it's but, yeah. in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> You'll find it. Search for it. No, it definitely is. It's in Siri. Sorry, settings, accessibility, and Siri. If you go in there, you turn on type to Siri. The back-to-back feature is turned off. I have oh. no idea why, but the only problem with this is that it means that you can no longer use your side button to activate um, Uh, Siri. Because when you do that, it brings up the keyboard to type. But if you still say the wake word, you know, yeah, you know what they are. If you say Mm. the wake word, you can still say your command anyway and use it that way. Um, But yeah, just because I've seen so many people say, I hate this, I can't send a message because it keeps getting interrupted. So there you go, turn on type to Siri. God, you go away for one day and you come back with knowledge (sighs) and information. I should... I know. I should I let know. you sleep in more often. I, obviously, I gave, you know, back to form, I gave the wrong place where it was. But, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm near enough there. Settings, accessibility, and Siri. Well done. Um, no, that's that's interesting. I, I haven't used this back-to-back mode, but then I still, to, if I'm perfectly honest, I still haven't even really bothered with Siri that much at all for anything. I still find every interaction infuriating. Call Sean Priest. Uh, would you like to call him on WhatsApp? Would you like to call them on mobile? Uh, <laughs> yes. oh, let's call them on WhatsApp. You'll need to unlock your iPhone first. Oh, forget it. You know, it's just like, come on. You know, just just do things. I mean, it's an assistant. It's supposed to help me. You're not supposed to make it harder. I agree. And it seems to have got worse. That's, it that's does feel like that, thing. yeah. I, I kind of was on the fence about that for a while. I thought, yeah, that's fine. It's, it's okay. I mean, it's not brilliant, but it's okay. And, and you know, the thing is, I always want to try it more on my Mac because I'm convinced I could get a lot more out of it on the Mac. But yeah. I, I just, I don't, because honestly, I can do a lot of the things I've set up so much through Lady A that actually works perfectly. I mean, my calendar is a great example. What's on my calendar today? When's my doctor's appointment? Um, you know, 
add an event and it'll say when, what time, and it never gets it wrong. And it all, I mean, okay, sometimes the the subject is never perfect. If I yes. say, you know, meeting with Sean, it might come up with something totally different or spell your name wrong. But I can fix that. That's okay, because I'm really just yep. putting it in as a marker. That's what I'm always using it for. It's like if I put this in now, it's done. And, you know, I kind of want to find an equivalent. I'm sure there is, so someone will tell me. But I would love to find like a, a quick note type feature. You know, I could use Lady A4 that could send a note to my either Outlook or add it into my Apple Notes. You know, that kind of thing would be quite cool. Yeah. Because um, it's, it's oftentimes you're sitting somewhere, you just want to say, take this information down. And, you know, the dictaphone's battery's dead or, you know, it's, it's always when you need the thing. And yeah, it's, it's absolutely. But she's just sitting there the whole time waiting. Um <laughs> But yeah, I did try. I did try that Oracle of Light, a skill as well. Yeah, uh, it's a bit okay. It feels like mm. it's a bit behind. The problem is, it's like you were saying, a lot of the information is not available to it. That's the problem. If you if you go into ChatGPT on, I mean, I'm using it on the Mac, and of course with the keyboard shortcuts I talked about before, it's just made it so much more easier to use. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of asking questions, and because it's got access to Bing. You know, it, it has all the information at once. So if I say, yes. you know, tell me the latest Apple event news, it'll tell me everything. It'll give me all the information I need. I can query, I can go in further. It has been such a useful tool, and it's becoming a bigger part of my day, ChatGPT, for sure. Um, I think a lot of people are probably, you know, way ahead of this. I'm, well, no doubt they are, but, you know, there's a lot of us who are still kind of like, you know, still dipping our toe in and wondering ah, still how will this it, impact on us. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Or well, so, <laughs> what's so the weather? Here's a question, right? So I opened up the Call Annie app the other day and I'd spotted that there's all these different characters now. There's loads of different characters. Yes. And one of them was, I can't remember the name, but it was like a virtual PA. So I was That's asking, right. okay, so how did, so I'm asking her, like, how does this work? And she's saying, well, you know, I, I can add things to your calendar. I can respond to emails. I can tidy up your inbox. And I'm thinking, I don't care how much this costs. Just do it. But then I'm thinking, <laughs> hang on, what's, what exactly, who, what, what are you? <laughs> who are you? Where is this information? <laughs> what am I connecting to my inbox here? Am I basically connecting up to a Russian cell? I mean, what what is this? What is this? We have no idea. I just want it, so I don't care. I know, but just, it's like, what are we actually plugging ourselves into when we connect? I could to never these get things? that to work. Anyway, I, I did talk about this when we talked about Koani. It's in the settings. It says give permission, and I gave all permission and things like that. And I still uh -oh. couldn't get that to work. So I think it just sucked out all my meetings and spat out in some hacker's uh, inbox. So well done. Well, good. It's all and, fine. And, uh, actually, makes a lot of sense. That explains a lot about you and your inbox woes. <laughs> uh, listen, stick around. We're going to talk air fryers next and uh, also some iMac news. Call the Double Tappers now. 1-877-803-4567 or email us. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Okay, let's talk all about air fryers. Not something we often talk about in the show, but uh, considering a brand new one has just been launched from Cobalt Systems in the UK that talks, it uh, seems appropriate to uh, talk about it here on Double Tap. So accessible air fryers, uh, let us join our guest today uh, all the way from Cobalt Systems in the UK. Carl, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. My name's Carl Tillitz. I am the product manager here at Cobalt Systems. Uh, we have been making daily living aids for the blind and partially sighted since the 1980s, 1984 to be precise. Uh, we have made the first ever talking microwave. And now 
we're about to release the first ever talking air fryer. And that's exactly why I want to talk to you today, Carl. I'm very excited about this because we're, we're talking here about you creating, uh, as you say, the, uh, the first, I think, ever talking air fryer. So uh, clearly this has been born out of a need. Um, but I'm interested to know how long this has been in development because obviously these kind of products take a long time to you know, come to fruition. So when did you start working on this? Yeah, in all honesty, um, because of COVID, it seriously hampered our ability to be able to develop um, with the short... Hi, everybody. My name's Carl Tillett. I am the product manager here at Cobalt Systems. Uh, we have been making daily living aids for the blind and partially sighted since the 1980s, 1984 to be precise. Uh, we have made the first ever talking microwave. And now we're about to release the first ever talking air fryer. And that's exactly why I want to talk to you today, Carl. I'm very excited about this because we're, we're talking here about you creating, uh, as you say, the, uh, the first, I think, ever talking air fryer. So uh, clearly this has been born out of a need. Um, but I'm interested to know how long this has been in development because... Obviously, these kind of products take a long time to, you know, come to fruition. So when did you start working on this? Yeah, in all honesty, um, because of COVID, it seriously hampered our ability to be able to develop um, with the shortage of components around the world. So we really had to go back to the drawing board and look at things in a different way about how we were going to do things. Um but as the world has gone back to the the new norm i would i would guess that they call it now um components were able to come back into the market and we can get our hands on stuff i think the best part about it was we actually got a bit of time to sit down and brainstorm about what we want and get some customer feedback about what they would like and really everything just kept coming back to air fryer I think in the last five years, it's sort of exploded, not just in the UK, Europe, around the world, really, that the air fryer is is becoming, a, I would say, an essential household appliance now. Mm. I would totally agree. The air fryer changed my life. There, I'm going to say it. It's absolutely, yes. absolutely amazing. Mine too. As soon as I got over the stigma of it's not a deep fat fryer, it's an air fryer. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but although I love the chips that came out of a deep fat fryer, <laughs> the smell that it left for days was just too much for me. Yeah, exactly. But again, we come across the age old problem of, especially when it comes to air fryers, but we could say with any kitchen appliance, really, of accessibility. I mean, there's so many touch sensitive buttons on these devices or uh, LCD displays or LED displays that are just so difficult to use. I mean, most of the time I'm looking for a thing with dials on it. So at least I can add a bump on or something so I can have some kind of chance of using it and um obviously yeah. this is where you come in yes indeed now we do still have the display and we have touch sensitive buttons <gasps> however what we've got is a raised ring around the button so you can actually um navigate towards the button and you can feel the the outside of the button and exactly where that is beforehand and then the touch sensitive button as soon as you press that it will talk. So if you want to increase the temperature, 
by 10 degrees or minus 10 degrees, you have a plus and a minus button and it will tell you 180 degrees, 190 degrees, one minute, two minutes. It's got a preset function with five different presets. So if you want to cook your potatoes or steak, fish, vegetables, it's covered. And in terms of the voice itself, uh, what are we talking about? Because we all know the classic uh, talking microwave voice and sound, very deep and authoritative is my microwave. Yes. Um, but, you know, is it the same same voice? Have you upgraded that slightly for this? The voice that you're referencing is John's John Charles's voice, and it is in the majority of our products. Mm. Um, with the air fryer, we've gone with a, a different voice currently. It is um, not as authoritative. John's got a very unique <laughs> voice, shall we say. So, yeah, so far the feedback's been good. It's a male voice, still very pleasant. Um, and, you know, we're looking for customer feedback. Can I give you a recommendation yeah. there, Carl? Course, I would recommend yeah. my mum's voice. So having my air fryer saying, <laughs> chips are ready, would be absolutely amazing and take me back to my childhood. So uh, I'll, I'll send you a voice clip. That'll be beautiful. Yeah. No, yes. Yeah. Mine, mine was very similar, apart from it wasn't my mum telling me it was ready. It was the fire alarm going off. That's yeah. when you knew in my household that the dinner was ready. I wondered if it would, you know, sort of tell you, hey, your food's burning. And, you know, you could come running in and turn it off and everyone would laugh and it was great fun and we'd all eat burnt food. Um, tell me a little bit about the design that we're talking about here. You know, I'm thinking about the kind of standard design that you get these days where these things generally are circular. Um, they often have usually a flat panel at the top where the buttons are. Is it that kind of similar design? It's not too far off what is already essentially available. It's just an accessible version. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, it's it's circular there in itself. It's got a four-litre capacity, which I would say is probably in the high mid-range of sizes for air fryers. You do have the extremely large ones that take up a lot of kitchen unit space. Mm. And especially when you've already got your slow cooker and various other things sitting on your, your table, your worktop, it's uh, it's sort of a premium re retail space, I guess you'd say. Oh, I agree. I want my accessible slow cooker next, Carl. Are we working on that? Hey, that <laughs> could well happen. <laughs> it? Well, we'll we'll put it to the viewers. If the viewers, you can do a little poll, and uh, if the viewers say, yep, we want a slow cooker, then we will get on that, no problem. Okay. And in terms of the the cooking times and the temperature options, tell us a little bit about that. Okay, yeah. So the lowest it goes is 60 degrees, and the highest it goes is 200 degrees. <laughs> And you can set it between one and 60 minutes. And so and basically an hour for an air fryer is is pretty long. That's pretty long for an air fryer, yeah. Um, and talk me through the, the process of getting the food in. So you've got the – normally you have these little baskets that you pull out with a handle on these. Yes. Similar design, right? That's exactly it, yeah. There's a, a, a very large handle, very easy to grasp. There's a button on the handle that you can actually push forward. And as you push that forward, you would pull the, the handle out towards you, which brings the, the basket out. Um, it comes with uh, little grids to go inside the bottom of that. 
there are a lot of people out there that also put um, cut down greaseproof paper into the bottom of the mm. air fryer. Yeah. That's not an essential thing to do. It's a, it's a personal choice. Some people use them, some people don't. But after that, yeah, you just put your food in. It's recommended that you use silicon tongs um, rather than your, your metal ones to avoid um, taking away the non-slip surface on there. But, yeah, just plug your food in, pop it back in, set your time, set your temperature, and away you go. And, of course, there's audio feedback all the way through the cooking process and everything. Yes, indeed. Yeah, so every, as you set it, every 10 minutes it will announce the next 10 minutes have gone. Um, and then within the final 10 minutes, it will count down and tell you every minute. And then every 10 seconds for the final minute, halfway through the cooking cycle, it will actually tell you to rearrange the food in case you do need to turn it. I know not everything needs to be turned and some people don't like to turn them, but other people do. So it is a choice. The fryer will actually, if you don't want to rearrange food, start up again after 15 seconds. And then once the time is complete, it will announce that the fryer is hot for the next two minutes while it's cooling down. Perfect. And will it tell me the door is open or closed? <laughs> Please say yes. Not this, no. <laughs> this one, no. We, we did debate putting it in there, but no, we've left that one for the time being. But no, this, this is really cool. I, I think this is one of these products that you kind of, it's very self-explanatory in a sense of what it is, but I think it is the story behind it that's interesting because there is clearly a need for this. More and more people are looking for cheaper ways to make food, and this makes yeah, this more accessible. Uh, so how widespread is this? Are you selling this around the world? I mean, obviously, we have listeners around the world, so where where can people get this from? Okay, so at the moment, it will be in the UK. We're hoping that it will be here in a limited number before Christmas. Um, it is available already to pre-order. So if anybody is interested, please give us a call in the office, 01493 700 172, and you can pre-order one. So fingers crossed, we're hoping uh, mid-December, before Christmas, it will be ready. Uh, it will definitely be in full stock um, by the start of February. Perfect. But in terms of, uh, at the moment, languages, it's only the UK language. Okay. Um, we we are looking to develop into other languages. So yes, one hundred percent. If there's a need for it around the world, which we believe that there is, I mean, at the moment, I believe it's fifty three percent of households in the UK actually now have an air fryer. That's the statistic, mm -hmm. and I believe that uh, the US it's actually even higher. You've been around as a company for a long time, I think. I've had your products for most of my life. It's, um, it's. I, I must admit, cards on the table, Carl. I've got a bit of a love-hate relationship with Cobalt Systems. I know this has gone slightly awkward now, but I have the <laughs> Cobalt Talking Microwave. I've had a few over my time, which, you know, keeps me well-fed, lovely. But I also have the Cobalt Talking Scales, which remind me how exactly well-fed I've been. <laughs> and really depressed me but um you know i 
your products have been absolutely fantastic. I, I must say they're they're so impressive and and just perfect for well, if you're visually impaired. I mean, that, that, I know that's the whole raison d'être, but um, yeah, they are so impressive. I've got to say, and as as someone who's been using them for years and years and years, I really do appreciate them. I'm really interested in this, as, as I'm not an engineer. I'm not a technical guy when it comes to making these things, at least. I would have thought, somehow, I thought you would take like a pre-existing make or model of, let's say, microwave, for example, or the air fryer, and simply, you know, hammer on a speech chip somewhere. Um, But it's not as easy as that, right? You are making these, you're producing these from scratch? Um, the, The company have actually done that previously with the talking microwave itself. That initially started with exactly like you said, it was uh, a microwave that was already out on the market. And the, the Cobalt came along and put the the speech into it. It was the, their speech that they developed. You know, I, I am making it sound very simple. And <laughs> I don't want to take away from the guys that put in a lot of the time and the effort to do it because it isn't as simple as, uh, you know, a couple of hours later and it's talking. But but you are right there, and it, it it takes a while before you actually go, okay, so now we want to take it a step further, and, you know, we want to build it from the ground up. I think that's how a lot of companies start. They take an existing product and modify it to, to need, and then after that point, they go, right, let's take it a step forward further, have more control over it, and the, the things like now with the, with the air fryer, the... The buttons we've we've never done the raised rings around the buttons before, and it, it's something where we we tried it we and went actually this is is very very good, you know. So it's all it's a learning curve for everybody. You have to take the customer feedback, um, and just just keep looking at it. I think everything needs a tweak from time to time. They do say if it isn't broke, don't fix it, but there's always going to be just that little tweak that you can do to improve something. Can I ask you, since you're moving into this area with air fryers and you're coming, of course, off the back of other products like the talking microwave, is this a hint that perhaps you're looking into other areas of the kitchen, for example, that you're looking to develop products for? We are always looking to develop new products. Now, on a side note to the microwave and the combination oven, in the start of next year, the first few months of next year, we will be having a new version of the microwave and the combination oven. Oh, okay. We've had plenty of time to develop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's been around for a while. Yeah, I mean, it was 20-odd years. This thing. And saying that, you know, it didn't need to be replaced because it was doing fine as long as you cleaned it, Sean. Yeah, I think <laughs> 2012 was, was the last uh, modification. This one, it's going to have a new chassis. Uh, Slightly new look. The keypad will be the same. The voice will be the same. But it will have a new uh, handle and a slightly different look. A handle? So is it portable now? I can carry it with me. <laughs> <laughs> you can take it upstairs. Take it into the shed. I wish. If they could make these things lighter, that would be great, because when I take them out of the box to check them... <laughs> <laughs> you need to go to the hospital to get uh, checked up, yeah. Yeah. Um, Carl, it's been great talking to you today. Thank you so much for telling us about uh, the uh, new product and even giving us a bit of insight into what's coming next year as well. Uh, Tell us uh, again where people in the UK can find your product and 
I will warn you, you are going to get a lot of international interest from this. So, uh, you know, if you're okay. looking if you're looking for the justification to take this product abroad, you may get it from, from our audience. That's not a problem at all. Okay, so you can find us at www.cobalt, that's C-O-B-O-L-T, dot co dot uk. That is our web address. And our telephone number is 01493 700 172. Anybody can just give us a call and place a pre-order for the air fryer or talk about any of our products that we've got on the go. We've got multiple people in the office who are more than capable of talking through any of the products in the catalogue. If somebody wants a catalogue, just give us a call and their address and we will send it out free post. That's not a problem. That's available both both in the catalogue and an audio catalogue as well. Amazing. Uh, Carl, thank you so much for coming on to Double Tap. No problem at all. You're welcome. Thanks, Carl. That is so cool, Sean. I uh, can't wait to get my hands on one of those. Um, Absolutely. Do you know, we I, didn't I mention the price, by the way. We didn't even bring up the price. The price is £99. And actually, <gasps> that in itself is a bit of breaking news, I think, because that's not a bad price. I was expecting double that for, you know, as soon as you say it's talking or it's specialist, the price always seems to double. And yes, I know you can. All, you, you could argue it's double because you could probably buy one for £50. But I think when you buy if you especially if you're buying like a ninja air fryer or one of these big brands yes. air fryers, they can get very expensive very quickly mine's cost double what this one will cost so um yeah i tell you what really i tell you how you know that's that's a reasonable price because i'm not ranting about it i think that's that's perfectly fine are you saying these sean are... priest might buy this uh, yes you know what absolutely this is bespoke by cobalt it's got all the accessibility you could ever need i think that's a very reasonable price Wow. Okay. What we need now is, uh, you know, anyone from outside of the UK to get in touch with Cobalt and let them know I want one too. Yeah. And uh, maybe uh, it'll happen. I think you know it's one of those things where, it, you know, we've known in the UK because uh, we just had a big announcement recently, a big change in policy around uh, rail station closures. Um, which I have to say, uh, I-, I mentioned it very briefly, but. I want to say a huge props to all the people who got involved in that campaign yes. to, to avoid closure of uh, real ticket offices, which would have had a huge detrimental impact to us disabled people. Uh, everyone involved in that, uh, huge congratulations because the campaign worked. They reversed the decision. They're now no longer closing them. It's like 700 or 800 stations were going to lose their ticket offices. It was ridiculous. And it just, just wasn't disabled people, by the way. What about safety concerns for people travelling? Uh, it, it, blew my mind but hey it's not gonna happen not common gonna happen. sense won yeah uh, but only because we had to fight for it and it just seems ridiculous that, that the fight had to even be brought about but there you go um so anyway that aside uh, it kind of proves the point i'm not saying i'm not saying it's the same thing but i think if you want the talking air fryer in your country <laughs> you know start start some uh, discussion about but, it i think but also let us know what you're using uh yeah. currently how you make your Whatever kitchen appliance accessible, if there are any workarounds or any tips, then uh, let us know. And when it comes to air fryers, what are you using? So uh, what are you buying from the Apple event, if anything at all? Well, Marco has got in touch. He has already ordered something. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Sean. This is Marco from Germany calling in once again, or rather sending in an attachment this is in regards to the (laughs) apple scary fast event and all the things that surround it and sean i'm so sorry but i have bad news for you i just bought an imac 
Yay! Yes, I did. Oh. So I am in the market for a new PC, and I oh. actually want to switch to a Mac desktop. Mm-hmm. And I thought I'd get a Mac Mini, but then I thought, okay, I need to connect to a monitor because we yep. do need a screen. And yep. then I need to have this and that cable and this and that stuff. And and it was just all not so well. And before I put uh, a monitor and a kind of desktop machine on my desk, and the monitors are usually not much smaller than an iMac these days, I decided to just go for an iMac and have it all in one. And just not bother with, you know, getting a camera and seeing what microphone would actually work. And yeah. because this machine will be used for music and for podcasting, I just decided to go with an iMac, one with two USB 3.0, like USB-A, and the two USB 4 slash Thunderbolt ports. And... I maxed it out a bit, and it's going to be here between the 8th and 13th of November. So it's going to be very exciting. And that'll complement the MacBook Air that I have, MacBook Air M2, which I just got and uh, got it as an upgrade from an older one. Oh, no, I just, um, I replaced it. Uh, I replaced uh, a MacBook with a touch bar with it, actually. Oof. So. No more touch bar in the house here. <laughs> and um, yeah, and uh, obviously my new shiny iPhone 15 Pro Max that just arrived a couple of days ago. So again, Sean, I'm very sorry. And Stephen, I've got good news for you. I'm in your camp. Yay! I just bought a new iMac. And it's obviously going to be the M3 one. And um, yeah, I might report back once I've got it all set up. This has been recorded on my MacBook Air with my Vocaster 2 by Focusrite and my Rode Procaster microphone. Wishing all the double tappers a very good week and a good, very good weekend. Hope you all survived Halloween and <laughs> talk to you later. Bye bye. Thank you, Marco. Oh, I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased. Mm. I'm right. Ah, well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what, Marco? I'm not going to poo-poo your decision. It's entirely up to you. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. I mean, wow. (laughs) Uh, Okay, cool. Let us know how you get on if you regret that any time soon. How can you possibly regret buying that computer? Look, clearly he's got a MacBook Air, so he's got a portable solution. He wants the desktop solution. He wants the all-in-one. He says himself, he admits, as I do, that you do need a screen. Whether you like it or not, you need a screen. And do you sit there, Priest? You sit there in front yes. of your own monitor connected yes. up. Yes. Uh-huh. And, and someone who says, I don't need a monitor. Well, you've got a monitor. I have got a monitor, and yes. Why do you have a monitor? I have no idea. I'm just clinging on to a previous life. Okay. With, well, there's with, that. <laughs> with bloody fingernails. But look... <laughs> But honestly, I think, you know, well, you do need something plugged in. Now, of course, there is the option as well for the HDMI dummy if you really don't need it. If you're living alone and you're blind and you're on your own and you still want to have the access, even then, I think, you know, like the the thing that Michael Babcock and I talked about was 
when he was in this position without the, the screen, he was saying, you know, I couldn't sign into WhatsApp because you need to be able to scan the QR code. Um, so there's that, you know, you've got those kind of issues where you wouldn't be able to see, you, you actually need to I totally agree. see a screen. And that is you know, one not, of the reasons not for you, but for, you know, the device or whatever. No, I, t- I totally agree. And that is a reason why I have... Oh, excellent. A, well, let's end on that. Um, so you agree. But, so IMAX uh, of the future. Well uh, done, Sean. You've come around. It makes a lot of sense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too tired. Yes, you are right. Thank you, Marco. Good Beating luck. Into submission on that one. Um, that is it for today. Lots more tomorrow. Keep your comments coming. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Lots of them in the queue. We will get to them on the next show, I promise. one 803 4567 is also our number. If you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do that at any time. Uh, that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Sean, great to have you back on the show with me today. And uh, see you tomorrow. Oh, thank you. Bye-bye. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping on Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.